Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello, and welcome back to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. This week, we are talking about everyone's favorite subject, the tyranny of (laughs) self-love culture. (laughs) I'm sure nobody has ever described self-love culture as tyrannical, but we can be the first. We are um, setting a new trend here. Um, No, we've been talking a lot about how self-love culture can be oppressive (laughs) when when you look at how um how popular self-love is right now that word can trigger people in a lot of ways um and how it's everywhere right now we are probably one of five billion self-love podcasts i mean it sounds so special Lindsay. obviously the best one obviously Um, obviously but there seems to be anytime you go online, um, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, there is massive amounts of posts about self-love. Mm. And sometimes it can seem as though it is oppressive just in that you're getting this message in every different direction. Mm. And what do you even do with it when you're not doing so great? And it can feel oppressive that that I should be practicing self-love. I should be never speaking unkindly about myself. I should always be kind of this perfect human. And I'm reminded constantly anytime I go online that I should be doing these things, Mm. but I'm not. Yeah. And I think we touched on this in a recent episode that we did with Robin Conley Downs. And when we were talking just prior to coming on and recording this episode, we were talking about the fact that we want to take this idea a little bit further because what we spoke about in that episode was this idea of the irony that we can become self-critical when we're not being self-loving enough and applying this kind of perfectionistic thinking and approach to self-love, which is obviously not, you know, that's a very un-self-loving thing to do to criticize yourself for not treating yourself well enough. So we want to just kind of take this idea a little bit further in this episode and talk about how can you be more gentle in the way that you approach self-love and these practices. But I want to acknowledge that it is really hard when you're not in a good space and you know all the tools to Mm -hmm. actually practice the tools. Because you just feel not motivated. You feel so down. It's like yeah. a double whammy. Yeah. You're like, and I feel like garbage. I should be practicing self-love. Yeah, and you, you feel extra bad because you're like, I know I should be doing X, Y, and Z, mm. but I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. And let's talk about this. And maybe Lindsay, as the resident therapist, you might be able to help. Because what I see, the similarity when you were talking about that, Coos, was I went straight to that's what it's like when for people that are experiencing depression and mm-hmm. they know the things that are going to help them to feel better, for example, um, you know, exercising or 
trying to make, um, to have some social uh, interaction. And yet when you're in that state, the last thing you want to do is make a social, you know, connection or go out and exercise, even though, you know, these are the things that are going to make me feel better. So, and in yeah, a similar I mean, vein, it's like, yeah, what do you do? What do you do when you know what it is that would actually help you to feel better, but because of the way that you're feeling, you don't want to participate in those actions or practices. That's where I feel like our subtitle of today's episode <laughs> comes in handy. The tyranny of self-love. <laughs> <laughs> we finally have um, come to a uh, conclusion of what that meant. <laughs> No, but I feel as though, um, yeah, I think when I'm working with clients who are experiencing pretty heavy depression, symptoms of depression, it is really challenging to do any of the things you know that you should do. Mm. And it's a double whammy when the the self-critical talk enforces that. You're such a loser, you can't even get out of bed and exercise. Mm Mm-hmm. are in such a dark place that you can't even call a friend you know um we have like these lifelines like oh if you're not doing well call a friend that works out really well if you're not massively depressed Mm. but what do you do how do you practice self-love when you're not able to Mm. and so for me what comes to mind and I don't know (laughs) what what either of your thoughts are on this but when I think about okay what do you do when you're in this situation where you you know what you quote unquote should be doing, but you don't feel like you can mm-hmm. is coming back to this question of what is the smallest step? Like what is the littlest yes. thing? How can I make this so tiny and such a small, small, small thing that I'm going to do that it feels achievable Yes. that, yeah, I might not be able to go for a run, but can I, stand up, walk outside and take three breaths, for Mm -hmm. example. Like what is the smallest, smallest thing I can do that is in the direction of self-love? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that that can feel like not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yet it makes, you know, one drop of water creates a lot of ripples And if you can do that one moment of walk outside, take three breaths, it does give you a little spark of energy of, could I take four breaths? Could Mm -hmm. I take one walk around the block? Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. And I think this is where this idea of gentleness over perfection comes in. Like Mm -hmm. the gentle approach is the small, consistent things that we can do no matter what, and they might seem completely insignificant, but they are hugely significant in that you are taking an action for yourself. Another thing that I think could be helpful to talk about is that when we see all of these messages around self-love on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or, you know, just quotes that you might see popping up, <laughs> all the quotes <laughs> telling you, to yeah to love yourself to you know be your own best friend to uh practice self-care whatever mm-hmm. all the messages are this for me feels like i feel like one of the problems with the way that self-love is 
portrayed on social media is that it seems to be very kind of one-dimensional. There isn't a lot of depth to the way that we talk about self-love. Oh my gosh, yes. And Tell us me. more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one of the things in my work recently is that I've been trying to develop a a structure or a way of thinking about self-love that covers lots of different components. And I believe there are kind of 10 different components to self-love. And that if we look at self-love in its broadest sense, then it helps to kind of just give people a better idea of what we're talking about here. Because I think, you know, social media uh, quotes or tweetables is a very shallow way of looking at something that is incredibly complex. And some. so for me, the 10 components, let me see if I can remember them all (laughs) that I've come up with that self-love encompasses is self-awareness, self-worth, self-acceptance, self-respect, self-trust, self-image, self-compassion, self-belief, self-talk, and self-care. From memory, girl. Ooh, look at that. (laughs) And I think, obviously, I don't expect everybody to remember those 10 components off the top of their head, but my point is that the ones that we tend to just see all of the time on social media are pretty much maybe like self-belief, self-talk, self-compassion, self-care. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. and they're really, really important, but self-love is more than that. And I think when we get to a place where we are beating ourselves up for not being self-loving enough, I think one of the helpful things about looking at the a broader definition of self-love is to say, okay, well, I might not have the best self-talk right now, but at least my self-awareness is really good. Like mm-hmm. I have got great self-awareness and I'm aware of the fact that my self-talk isn't great. So in that aspect of self-love, I'm doing really well. And yeah, I might not, again, I might not have the greatest self-image right now, as in I might be experiencing some kind of shaming around my physical appearance. However, I am setting really good boundaries with my colleagues and with my friends and with my family. And therefore I'm exhibiting really good self-respect. Like I'm showing up for myself in that way. And so to realize, you know, there's always going to be all of these elements are going to go up and down in our life. And the more we can just kind of take one, again, coming back to the simple, smaller step that you can take, as long as we can say, Mm -hmm. okay, today, Self-compassion might feel like too big of an ask, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to try and grow in the area of self-trust and I'm really going to rely on myself and my own decisions and my intuition today. Well, what, that's just one example, but yep. how can I take one aspect of this that feels to me today, like something I can handle? Totally. But what do you do? with those who feel like I just can't do anything right now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> therapist. That's what you do. You go talk to your therapist. This, this episode brought to you by Therapists therapist. of America. <laughs> um, we're running to. 
No, I mean, I think there is a difference too between, I think that's actually a really good point to bring up is you cannot self-care your way out of mental illness. No. You know, and I think that that's where I get really frustrated with the social media portrayal of Mm -hmm. mental health is that you can um, follow some really inspiring people on Instagram. And I mean, I follow them. I love it. I'm into it. But they aren't there to be your therapist. These little one-liners aren't enough to pull you out of massive depression or anxiety. And so practicing self-care, I would argue then, is going and getting help, professional help, whether it's therapy or meds, you know? Yeah, and I think both of us or all of us are probably really aware of the fact that the self-care messages, and again, they're kind of changing a little bit now and broadening out, but in the past have been very much self-care has been equated to, for want of a better word, pampering. When I read about Mm self-care, it's like get a massage, have a manicure, like it's very bizarre surface level. As opposed level. to pay As your bills, exactly. get your oil change in your car. Yeah. See a therapist, get enough right. sleep or our favorite, go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think people have a strange idea of what self-care is. Uh, and sometimes self-care is set a boundary. That is an amazing act of self-care that mm-hmm. in an Instagram world isn't very that's you know, a lot harder to <laughs> photograph than a bubble bath exactly <laughs> I do want to exactly. see that be a new hashtag hashtag set a boundary <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't let, let's go back to the cynicism in me it doesn't really help our capitalist consumer driven society to be selling boundaries like you know it's not making anyone any money. It's much easier to sell a product, to sell you on, go go to a spa, <laughs> relax, mm-hmm. enjoy yourself. You know, there really is, there's a reason why our message is a surface level and sometimes it is because we're being sold to all the time. Now you're <laughs> making me feel bad at my therapy club. <laughs> I mean, ooh. <laughs> so, Sam, tell me more about... When you are talking about one of these tenets of self-love that you're talking about, yeah. when I am practicing maybe self-belief, yeah. and in my self-belief, um, I'm telling myself I can do this, I can try new things, I can make this happen, mm-hmm. and I also am looking in the mirror being like, yeah, you don't look that great. Mm-hmm. What a, you're having a rough day, girlfriend, you know? I can have yeah. some negative self-talk yep. that doesn't take away from my positive self-belief. Exactly. And I think but, this is the and, yeah, Exactly, exactly. Because I think we've joked about this before, Lindsay, but if given the work that I do and the fact that I'm preaching to everybody every day about self-love and actually I'm in Singapore as we speak recording this podcast and about to go and talk to some Singaporeans about self-love tonight, If I ever say anything self-critical, if I (laughs) don't accept a compliment very well, if I, yeah, make some comment about a part of my body that I'm not liking that day, I am, I mean, I am kind of (laughs) crucified by people because they're like, what? How can you say this? Like, you're the self-love queen. And I think part of it. Sam, I can remember the first weekend I met you, 
yeah. we were all a group of girls were staying at a camp together and we're all getting ready in the the camp bathroom and I think you said something oh I look so tired and all the women just gasped like oh, Sam, what did you just say I don't know what to do with this <laughs> exactly and I think to your point Lindsay you know just there may be times where I might be self-critical and I might be yeah lacking in one particular component of self-love but it doesn't mean that I'm not a self-loving human being this isn't mm-hmm. again, back to this point around perfection it's not about being perfect in this it means you know there are so many other things that I'm doing well with self-love like my self-belief hasn't wavered or mm-hmm. yeah or my self-acceptance or whatever it may be, but we can't be expected to have perfection in all of these pillars all of the time and completely like that would be the most inhumane thing. Like the point of human beings is that we're constantly growing and changing and making mistakes and that's okay, you know, and we need to, I think, give ourselves the grace to, do the best that we can and know that it's never going to be perfect. And so, yeah. Challenge accepted, Sam. Challenge accepted. (laughs) And so to kind of, to know before, for anyone listening and for myself as well, before we jump in and, and maybe judge someone or for, for saying something that might be self-critical and being like, Oh, this person's such a hypocrite to be like, hang on. Just because in that moment they weren't the most self, loving person out loud in in the way that you know they're expressing how they feel about themselves today doesn't mean that in their lives in general they're not taking care of themselves and treating Mm -hmm. themselves really well you know we can't see all of these other components they might not be as obvious to everyone um self-trust for example how do you know if someone's self-trusting like it's not something that is easily recognizable a lot of the time Mm -hmm. yeah i'm so glad we're talking about this because this really is the tyranny of self-love because you feel like using that i want that to become a catchphrase because it feels like (laughs) if you know if you're self-loving that means you have to be perfect like Mm -hmm. i have a good Mm self-trust but that means that i can't have a bad day when it comes to having self-compassion exactly like you you really beat yourself up over it like Mm. oh my gosh I thought I'm self-loving but why can't I have self-compassion today Mm -hmm. and I feel like different on different days you just have different things that you're doing a lot better than the others like today I might have better self-trust tomorrow I might have better self-image the next day I might have better self-respect exactly it's ebb and flow Mm -hmm. and I think that's really helpful is you know to think when we think of these 10 components is to really use self-awareness. Hopefully most people kind of have pretty good levels of self-awareness. You know, as a therapist, I'm going to take a moment (laughs) to pause and say, I don't know that most people have great self-awareness and I'm going to be vulnerable and say, oftentimes I don't think I have great (laughs) self-awareness. Okay. So this could be a challenge. Because we kind of need self-awareness <laughs> within what I'm about to say next, which is <laughs> to look at those 10 components and become aware <laughs> of which of those for you, you're generally like on a day-to-day basis, 
fairly good at and which ones you need a little more work at because self-awareness I think like a really and it, it's funny now when I think about it because for you Coos for example and I could be totally off but if I were to like think about components like this I'd be like oh yeah like I know that Coos Coos I think you're like you've got great self-trust in that uh I've seen the way that you like you are very good at at making decisions and knowing your basis for making decisions. Like you make decisions based on what you think is morally right or wrong and your values and your principles. So you're not someone that I would ever look at and be like, oh, Coos struggles with self-trust. Like I think you are someone that has good self-trust. I also know that from the amount of time I've spent with you that you are good at setting boundaries, which would show me that you have really good self-respect. I don't know what's going on inside your head, so I don't know what your self-talk's like, but it's interesting to be like, okay, I know that Coos is really good in these areas um, and, Lindsay, I would be able to say the same for you, you know, like. Are we uh, doing affirmations? Keep going. I was kind of disappointed that there are only two things. I, <laughs> I stopped it too because I don't have the 10 written in front of me and I'm like struggling to remember my own components. Hey, back and away it, from Coos though. What were you going to say about me? Keep going. <laughs> I think like let's actually I should start thinking about what's Lindsay really really good at what oh, so you don't have one <laughs> wow wow ridiculous Lindsay <laughs> I think you're amazing <laughs> let's let's talk about which ones you're good at Lindsay what do you so I would I mean I know you joked before about self-awareness but that actually that little joke of yours surprised me because I would think that from everything that I've spoken to you about I've I feel like you have really great self-awareness. You know, Coos and I were talking about this earlier, and I think that I'm trying something new at work that I'm trying to gain more self-awareness with. So mm. a problem I often have is I can have a session with a client, and to me, I feel like, man, we kind of missed the mark. I don't really know where I was going there or if this was a valuable session for the client, if they had, you know, enough insight from this to make some shifts and I can, mm -hmm. I can kind of chalk it up as that wasn't a great session. Mm -hmm. And then the next week that same client will come in and, and say things like that was such a great session. I had so many insights. I, I went home and thought about, you know, these elements and I made these changes and shifts and I'm like, what? That did not match my interpretation of how that went at all but cool, cool, cool. Glad you got something out of it. Um, and I think it can make me doubt my effectiveness as a therapist, which there, there, you know, then in turn makes me wonder, am I doing this job? Well, am I doing, am I helpful to people? And mm. so I'm learning to um, take a step back from that, from maybe mm. my judgments of myself and yeah. how I performed as a therapist. Um, and just noticing that even when I feel like I'm doing an amazing job, I'm, mm. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to miss the mark sometimes. And that's okay. And Absolutely. people can still, uh, my clients can still get things out of that. Um, it just might be different than what I was <laughs> shooting for. <laughs> and it might be yeah, more client-led, which is actually a really healthy thing. 
And it's interesting because when you describe that, we're framing it under self-awareness, but to me that, and, and I guess this is where it is, it's interesting because it's, it's complex and they all kind of match up and bump up against one another. But to me that's more speaks more to self-belief and potentially, right. you know, yes. like needing to work a little bit more on your self-belief. Than- right. And I would say it's just um, learning how I talk to myself after a session that I don't yeah. maybe naturally feel went well. I can yeah. say to myself, my self-talk can be challenged. Um, yeah. Maybe that wasn't my best work or my favorite session ever. Mm. And I still showed up and created space for this person. And I, you know, still showed compassion. I still showed care and concern. And that's good. Yeah. Those are good things that I brought to the table. And maybe next time I want to shift in this way. Yeah. And so um, I can think more critically when I'm not kind of running myself over of like, ah, geez, I really messed that up, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm, totally. And I feel like recently, well, again, in the time that I've known you, an area that you've really worked on is that is self-respect. And by that, I mean, like, you know, ending your, not ending, <laughs> but you're being hyper aware of your people pleasing tendencies and actually Mm -hmm. getting a lot better at, at setting boundaries for yourself and, you know, and, and using your voice. And I know we, we have a ridiculous little story of when we were in Portland together and Lindsay and I (laughs) got in a, an Uber (laughs) and, and the, the guy was, um, had really loud, I didn't even know, was it music or was it just? No, it's a sports anyway, station. Yeah, we the were radio was over it in the backseat trying to talk. Loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as the people pleasers that <laughs> both Lindsay and I are or have been, we were like in recovery, kind of like <laughs> yelling over one another. And then Lindsay, you know, you did, you, you spoke up and you said, hey, would you mind <laughs> turning this down for us? Which... This kind of example can seem like this is what we're talking about. That is such a simple action. And yet that for me, that's self-respect. That's mm-hmm. saying, you know what? I respect myself enough here to ask for what I need and to be mm-hmm. able to use my voice and say, hey, this is not okay for me. Like what? And, and that is a very, very practical, tiny example. But this is what mm-hmm. I mean by that was an act of self-love. You speaking up and asking for what you needed in that moment. And in that moment, I was actually shaming myself a little bit, being like, why is this so hard for me to do? Like, suck it up, buttercup. Just tell me when to turn it down. And yeah. so it became kind of a funny insight for me of how often in my life am I doing things um, that are taking bravery or flexing a muscle, taking courage to do that I'm yeah. actually shaming myself about because yeah. it wasn't a big enough step or I should have already mastered this skill. Yeah. And I think for me, it's easy for me to know what my kind of, what the components are that I need to work on. But for me, I know it will always come down to self-image because of that was kind of my entry point into self-love and something that I struggled with for so long. That's often for me, the quickest one to go. Um, Self-respect, as I said, like I'm someone that can struggle to set a boundary because of my um, fear of of conflict and upsetting the peace. And so I will often just kind of not stand up for myself uh, because I find that really, really difficult. However, 
I'm really good at self-compassion. So in those moments where I don't stand up for myself and therefore I experience suffering, I'm then at least kind to myself through that suffering. So it's kind of like, you know, looking at, yeah, I'm really good at, I'm good at self-belief. I'm my self-talk is generally really, really great. My self-compassion is good. My self-care is good, but I know my self-image will, will crumble a little bit. My, yeah, my self-respect can sometimes be faltering. So just getting that for each person listening, becoming aware of where are their self-love kind of, what's the word, but not weaknesses, but where are they more inclined to need to do a little bit? improvement. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Where do they need to build that muscle? You know, where's their self-love muscle lacking? And I think, you know, um, Chris, I know that in the last couple of years, you, one of the ones that you really worked on building was self-compassion that that, I, I mean, I don't know you other than the last two years. So potentially before that point, I don't know, maybe you weren't been the most working on that for years and you just noticed, wow, oh maybe you weren't the most self-compassionate person, but I know that, you know, your practice of meditation and everything that you did through your unemployment journey was all about strengthening your self-compassion muscle absolutely and there were actually days where i just wanted to do nothing Mm. but i don't know but it's like a muscle memory almost if you've done enough of it just feel like okay well i don't really want to do it but i should do this (laughs) and and you know it's going to help yeah right so how do you feel like you built the muscle of self-compassion what what worked for you it takes uh an upholder uh, <laughs> tendency mm-hmm. i'm just kidding but it, it it does help to just you know to just build things up slowly one day at a time uh, and eventually hopefully it becomes a habit it becomes you know part of your muscle memory you just know okay this is what I do when I wake up in the morning or whatever. So you, you, you're thinking building habits around how you're wanting to feel. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So like a habit of self-compassion for you was yeah. what? Was meditation mm-hmm. or taking a walk. Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I want to touch on around self-compassion whilst we're talking about it and you know, I'm hesitant to kind of to say this because I don't want people, again, using what I'm about to say to to shame themselves or criticize themselves. But I feel like of all the 10 components, and again, I don't know whether it's wise to rank them, but I really feel like if you're going to pick one, one of all of those 10 to work on, let it be self-compassion. I really believe that self-compassion is almost like the king of self-love. And that's why I think I kind of can feel myself being a little bit triggered by, as we were saying earlier, like the the kind of perception and the the oppressive way that self-love is portrayed is because I think for me, what I tend to see over and over and over again is self-care and self-image, like, those two being flaunted all the time as like, mm-hmm. you know, we need to think mm-hmm. that we're the most beautiful person in the world and we need to take care of ourselves all the time. But I feel like 
self-compassion is the king of all of the components and this is the one where if you are in any doubt of you know how can I improve the relationship that I have with myself and where do I even begin and I'm lacking in all 10 and oh my god like I'm just this terrible person that needs to work on every single element of of self-love I would say begin with self-compassion because self-compassion really is it's a it's a way of treating yourself. It's, it's active. It's, it's kindness. It's, you know, it's so much more than a superficial going in. Yeah. Getting a massage. <laughs> I really, really love this. Um, I almost want to say that it's the foundation of self-love mm. in which all the other tenants are built on top of. Like, yeah. for example, if you don't have self-compassion, but you're like, oh, but I have self, self-respect. But one day you won't have self-respect. Yeah. What are you going to do if you don't have self-compassion? <laughs> like, right? Yes. And that's so, that whole piece around like, yeah, for, for any of these components, when they're faltering and you find yourself again beating yourself up because your self-talk isn't good. Well, then if you have that self-compassion, that's when you're like, hang on a sec. I'm going to be kind to myself through mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and, and self-acceptance, right? This is a beautiful, again, another really beautiful thing that we all want to cultivate. And then it's wonderful if you're walking around the world with self-acceptance, like how incredible. But if you're not feeling accepting of yourself, again, if you have self-compassion, you can treat yourself with kindness and gentleness through that and say, you know what, today I don't feel particularly accepting of myself, but I'm going to be kind anyway. And I'm going to do whatever I can to be a little mm-hmm. bit more accepting tomorrow. And do you know what you can use self-compassion for? Fighting what? the tyranny of <laughs> self-love. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're back to tyranny. Somehow, without a plan, can you tell these podcasts aren't planned? <laughs> we have come back around to the point. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone listening and resonating with any of this episode, one of the greatest things you can do with your life is to really become interested in how can you be the most self-compassionate human being? What does that look like? And compassion is all about really, really allowing whatever you're feeling to be there and, and showing it a gentleness, showing it a kindness, giving it a space and just allowing yourself to feel the way that you feel. This feels like a good place to wrap up our time together. I feel like, you know, this conversation of self-compassion and using it to increase our self-love is really powerful. And I think, you know, we want to keep the conversation going. So if you'd like to visit us at our lovely Instagram page, you are infinitely loved. We would love to have some feedback on the ways in which you're practicing this, the ways that you are being challenged and growing, or even if you have questions for us, we are here for it. Thank you so much for being here with us. We obviously, the three of us love spending time together, but we also love hearing from you. And we're so glad to know you're out there listening. We're sending you lots of love. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, 
You can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com.